0: to another episode of Marketing, Management, and Money. I am your host, Ryan Murray. And I am your host, Ethan miliori So if you are a little bit shocked and you're wondering what, uh, what happened to Ryan Owens, check the last episode because we are welcoming Ethan as our latest co-host of the show. And uh, also in that last episode, what we mentioned was we are going to uh, hit right off the bat Ethan's expertise on finance. So uh, finance is the language of business. Everyone has to understand what's going on with their financials. Most businesses don't. They kind of just fake it. They don't really do a great job with it. Um, but why does this matter? You know, I I, I I see so many businesses that they they just don't care. And they're like, yeah, I've been in business for five years. I've never looked at it, you know, and I do fine. But why, why does this matter? So, uh, Ethan... Like this is something you get pretty passionate about kind of kind of lead us into, you know, why, why do we care? What are we looking at when we say finance is the language of business? What do we mean?
1: I'm super excited. This is the first episode. I love this subject. I love the fact that when you understand the finances of your business and what's going on on the backside, you can grow your business. It's too hard to grow your business when you can't understand the numbers and track them through the different financial statements.
0: And, and that right there is one thing that uh, that I want to be able to key in on, on, on this episode is you're, you're talking about the growth. Like you can have a business, but if you want to grow a business, those are two different things. And I see a lot of people stall out. You know, they get their business to a certain point and then they're just like, oh, okay. You know, they're, they're just stuck. And and it's super frustrating. So, okay. So we're talking about growing the business. What what else is going on with, you know, the language of business? I mean, is it, is it strictly growth? Is it?
1: And I'm going to get a little bit technical for just a minute at the beginning, because I think it will help as we go through the conversation to -hmm. to understand the difference between accounting, finance, and then I'm going to throw in another word that I used in the introduction
0: economics. Oh, oh, okay. I love where you're going with this.
1: So, accounting and finance—we often confuse as the same thing, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're totally different, mm-hmm. and we need to understand that as a as a business owner if we want to grow our business. So, let me give you just a couple of quick definitions, and you chime in and add anything as we go sure, through this one. Sure, okay? yeah. So, accounting—we're generally looking at the past of our company, what has already happened, mm-hmm. okay? and we're tracking it through financial statements finance. And this is the reason why I love finance is because we're looking at the future of our business. Mm. We're looking at projections, rate of returns, um, other things that help us grow our business. That's why I love the finance side of things we're going to grow up. Now, the last one, economics is critical because that's everything that's happening outside of our business. And we're looking at markets. We're looking at how people are reacting. Uh, we're looking at if you're, uh, and a company that deals with any type of government regulation—what's going on there? We need to understand that as well, because that is going to affect the finance of our company or the future of what we want to try to do with our company.
0: Oh, I love it! I love the way that you're putting this into perspective. Because, so I'm—I'm gonna—I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of make this personal for just a second. Uh, when I first started going to college, uh, my first declared major was accounting. Uh, I was going to go into accounting. And I remember uh, sitting down with the uh, dean of the business school and, you know, I was talking to him and he was asking me, he's like, okay, why are you going into accounting? And I said, well, because I'm passionate about business. I want to understand business. And he's like, you need to be a finance major. And at the time, I did not understand this, this nuance that you're explaining here where accounting and finance are not the same thing. I made that common mistake that so many people make. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I thought that by being an accounting major, that that I was learning what I needed to know. Now, I'm not trying to. (laughs) (laughs) We love all of the accountants out there. You're wonderful people.
1: (laughs) And accounting is still very important because guess where we make most of our projections from?
0: Right. It's the books that have been put together. Yeah.
1: The accounting, the past history of our business. Mm -hmm. So... You, we can't talk finance without talking some accounting and vice versa. And you can't talk finance without some economics or what is happening out there in the marketplace as well. So they are interconnected. So I don't want to try to separate them. I would just rather say, let's focus on finance, but if, but it, you know, for sake of argument, if your accounting piece of your business is not an order, we can't have the conversation on finance. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, Okay. Okay. I want to bring this in. I want to ask this question as an owner of a small business, do I have to have expertise in all three? Do I have to pay attention to all three?
1: I'm going to argue yes at some level. I don't think you need to be an expert. You have to have an understanding of the
0: correlation. Okay. And and that's what I would like you to just clarify for our listeners is If I'm the owner of a small business, because I don't want people to think they're like, oh, geez, now I need to go get a degree in accounting. I need to get a degree in economics and I need to get a degree in finance. It's like, no, you don't. But what do I need to understand? What's the bare minimum so that I'm speaking this language, what's the bare minimum that I need to understand as the owner of the company? And at what point can I get others to do the dirty work for me?
1: Correct. You need to be able to understand financial statements. That's a bare minimum. That's mm-hmm. tied to the counting side of things. So, your
0: balance sheet, your profit and loss. Okay, mm-hmm. those are the two most common. So, does the owner need to put those uh, any those financial statements together? They should. If well, you have an amazing training. You
1: you know that, and I know that. Sure. I don't know if your listeners know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we, we we put the shameless plug out there all the time. He, he's referring to the growth by the numbers training, which uh, we've got it on LearnDesk. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put our shameless plug at the end of the episode so you can get all the information. Okay. But yeah, you go to learndesk.us, search right. for growth so, by the numbers. Yeah.
1: So if any listeners are listening to this and you're not quite sure what we're talking about or you want to know more, I'm putting in a plug right now. You, you, you need to go listen... Uh, and do, do that training hand, mm-hmm. hands down. It mm-hmm. was designed for small businesses. All right. Anyways, back to the subject now. Okay. <laughs> enough of, enough plugs for you
0: <laughs> for the moment. <laughs>
1: so, so yeah, now I forgot what we we're talking about. Oh, accounting, <laughs> financial statements. Yeah. We want to, they need to, I don't, I would recommend most business owners. If you have a sweet spot and that sweet spot, isn't really tied to numbers, have a good bookkeeper or an accountant on your payroll.
0: And that was kind of one of the things that i wanted to hone in on was you know i asked do you have to have an expertise as the owner i don't believe that you should be the person necessarily putting together your financial statements you know you can outsource this you can hire some now if that happens to be your strong suit fine but for 93 percent of small business owners that's not your strong suit
1: i agree 100 and it doesn't hurt to have a second set of eyes looking at your financial records, especially if this is not your forte, mm. because someone who does that all day long in and out will see things that you probably would have missed until you're trained up and you start to understand what you're looking for. Yeah. So it, it's a good practice regardless to have someone else outside of your organization looking at your finances regularly. I'm not going to put a time frame on that word regularly, mm-hmm. but that should happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're getting these financial statements put together. Now, you mentioned you've got the finance and the economics. How in the world am I tying my financial statements into the future of the company and into the external economics? Like, what am I doing? This, I, I, I can picture that you've got someone listening right now that already is like, holy crap, I am just struggling to you know, stay afloat as is, and now you want me to look at, you know, like the, the, the Dow industrial average and the, you know, crude oil prices (laughs) and, and, and figure out how that's going to impact my, uh, you know, my accounts receivables. uh,
1: Let me, so let me, I'll say this and then maybe we can build off of that and you can clarify a few things as we get into it. Uh, Let's talk just a minute about a, a, a balance sheet. Okay. Because it's the most misunderstood one out there. A lot of people look at their profit and loss and it says, well, did I make money or not make money? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine, but it doesn't tell you the whole picture. I would actually argue that the balance sheet is more important than the profit and loss.
0: I would agree with that.
1: So, and and another term that we commonly, here's why. Another term that we commonly use for a balance sheet is the what? The statement of financial position
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: it tells us where we are right now so if i want to make future decisions i need to understand where i am right now Mm -hmm. and as we look at so when we look at uh, our financial statements and that balance sheet it helps us understand what i have what are my assets actually producing Mm -hmm. so the two columns and that i don't know if you want to go into that today or not i'll follow your lead where you want to go with that one but um It's super important to do it now that we kind of understand our financial position through our financial statements, I can start to now make decisions on my financials looking forward, because looking forward, we have to take advantage of what I call opportunity costs. Mm -hmm. Hard financials are just numbers. They don't, they don't take into consideration opportunity costs. Mm -hmm. That's where we rely on managers to make decisions and those opportunities costs then are based off of what we're seeing, going on in the marketplace, okay, Mm. the supply and demand, okay, um, the economies of scale, okay, things like that, that now that when we start to merge and mesh those together, it's, uh, helping us see the clear picture
0: of where we want to start positioning ourselves, um, for the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're talking, I mean, this is, this is kind of high level. Where would a business jump in today? Like give me, give me steps one and two, you know, cause I, I, I can picture as, you know, as, as, as an entrepreneur is thinking to themselves, you're like, oh yeah, I'd really like to start using my balance sheet. I'd start to look at the position that I'm in today um and i mean one of the things that i like to do is i like to look at the position of your company compared to the position of the overall economy uh you know i mean one of the things uh, i'm i'm on a tangent here for a second oh, i man, asked you a I question know, and I now know. i'm i'm going to go off on something else for the businesses that have a sales team out there especially any sales team that is commission based one of the mistakes that i see happen often is the commissions get tied to the state of markets not to the performance of the actual sales team and what i mean by that is that when you know a a rising tide lifts all boats if the economy is humming along if your industry is humming along you could have some super lousy salespeople that are not doing anything and you're still making money and they're getting paid commissions on stuff that has nothing to do with them it's the markets that are going up it's the industry that's going up not their actual performance vice versa you can have a situation where the markets are tanking you know where the industry it's it's dropping 20 30 percent and if you're only dropping 7 percent. But everyone else is dropping twenty and thirty percent. That means that your sales team is outperforming the industry by you know a factor of thirteen to twenty-three. If you're using you know the, the numbers that I threw out there, and in those types of situations, we tend to punish our salespeople by not actually paying them for that performance because it's a net, you know it's a loss. You know have we've, we've dropped in sales from, you know, a previous period. And so I look at this and I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Why are you only rewarding your sales team when markets are good? You're not rewarding them when their performance is good. And and so jumping back to the question I asked you, you know, where's kind of a starting point? How do you get there, you know, with, with understanding external factors in the, you know, in the economy, looking at the, the internal financials? So
1: I'm going to jump back and this might be farther than you want to go. So if it is, no, 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 no. we're, we're we're going there. (laughs) I love patterns. Okay. So I would always start with, I want to understand the pattern of my business over the last probably three to five years. Mm -hmm. So I want to have financial statements going back at least three, preferably five, Mm -hmm. so I can see my patterns, what they currently are. Okay. I, you need to understand that patterns. And if there isn't a pattern that makes me a little bit nervous, we need to start looking and understanding that why, Yeah. Is. Okay. but the pattern now that we have a pattern, we now can gauge ourselves and you talked about industry standards and there's done in Bradstreet and other reports and other entities out there that give us industry standards of saying, how am I comparing now? to the big boys on the block, the fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. Because they're kind of the standard out there. So now that I have my pattern, now that I see what industry is doing, I can actually start making a comparison to see, am I better? Am I worse? Where, where are some differences? Um, but I don't want to just stop there as a comparison because I need to also make the adjustment for what's going on in my local
0: economy or my local market, mm-hmm. you know. How, how local are you going when you say local? I mean, are we talking like a geographical vicinity or are you talking as far as your customer base reaches? As far as your
1: customer base reaches. Okay. Which for some people is local. I mean, very local, like the town you live in. Sure. For other people, it can be a state mm-hmm. and... and A region. A region. I mean, it can go as big as the world. Sure. So it can be fairly big out there, but we need to understand uh, that specific market that we function in, especially if we want to grow. So if I'm isolated to my, let's say, region inside of my state, of four-county area, Mm -hmm. and I would need to expand outside of that to get the growth, then I at least know where I need to start. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know... I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm looking for. And now I want to go out there and start to look for uh, opportunity costs and you access into, sorry, I this isn't tied to finance, but <laughs> economics, GIS information, okay, mm-hmm. uh, other market information that now I can expand to say what is similar to what I can produce to get out there, but I don't want to go down that road where we're we're going to try to stay focused on financial sure, sure. versus the economic side of it, even though it's a piece that probably needs to be a segment in and of itself. Yeah.
0: We, 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 we could probably do a full episode on GIS. That would be something we haven't done that yet. So that, that could be very interesting for our listeners
1: because yeah. there's great data out there that, yeah, we should. And I, Don't get me started on it because you know I'll talk all day on that stuff. I love the the concept of that and and how to access that information.
0: I think we forgot to mention to our listeners that you're a big nerd. Um, They probably already figured it out by now, but in case they're wondering.
1: I don't see myself as a nerd. I think... That's normal, isn't it?
0: Normal? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's completely normal to get all excited about GIS. And most people are like, Gee, they're doing a Google right now. <laughs> Just don't be on Urban Dictionary; you'll be fine.
1: Now we it, we probably ought to look at and talk about financial
0: ratios. Okay. Now before we get there, I want to um, I want to bring it back in because there was a lot of ground that was covered and. I I want I, I like simplifying things down. So you were talking about patterns. I did ask you, I said, give me kind of step one and step two. Uh, I want to make sure that the listeners understand that that is step one, is Correct. finding that pattern, looking at the data that you have, the information that you have. I mean, you talked about going back three to five years. Go back a month if you have to, if that's all the information that you have available to you. Now, if you've been in business, you can go back as long as you have bank statements. You know, you can grab those bank statements because a lot of, you know, a lot of businesses don't keep accurate financials, which I was shocked when I first found that out. I just assumed that businesses kept accurate financials. They don't. You know and, and so if you don't have accurate financials you've got bank statements and that's where you go to you know so there's always there's always a a launch point that you can go back to and you can find patterns now if you've taken the time to have healthy records you know accurate records then you're going to have a huge advantage uh, when you're trying to identify those patterns because you're not going to be guessing, you're going to be calculating. But any information that you have is better than no information.
1: Correct. And if you don't have the information, but you have been using some form of an electronic accounting system, which the most common one out there is QuickBooks. Right. Not a pitch for QuickBooks. It's just what most people use. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go back in and pull that data if you have been accurately putting it in. Yeah. So don't, don't discredit if you've been doing something and you've been using some type of a uh, point of sale system or QuickBooks or something else has been tracking stuff, that information should be in there. You should be able to extrapolate it and get it out to where you can now start looking for those patterns uh, seeing what's increasing, decreasing is my cost of goods sale of cost of goods sold going up or down as a percentage, as a percentage mm-hmm. in relationship to my sales. So, I mean, there's a lot of patterns that we can start looking for in there and then use that as uh, and generally we want to to do an industry comparison. We want to do an average of what those are over those years. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's been rapid growth, uh, that's a little bit trickier. Uh, but generally we find it's just consistent.
0: And we can generally take an average and then compare that to the industry average. Now, I want to put a word of caution out there. Uh, you know, you talked about pulling up, you know, off of QuickBooks. And it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, a Wave Apps or whatever program you're using, an Excel spreadsheet. It doesn't matter. But the one that I want to caution against is, okay, businesses, they, they're they doing their taxes. Well, mm-hmm. they should be doing their taxes. <laughs> And I've come across a lot of businesses that they want to use tax forms, which there's nothing wrong with using tax forms, but you've got to understand that taxes are not the same as business financials. Even though you might be creating a profit and loss and a balance sheet for your taxes, it's not the same because think about all the stuff you're... What are you trying to do when you're doing your taxes? You're trying to hide your income and you're trying to maximize your expenses. But in the real world, what are you trying to do? You're trying to maximize your income and minimize your expenses. So uh, taxes actually incentivize us to go a little bit opposite what is normal. And so there's nothing wrong with using tax documentation so long as that tax documentation is a fair representation of what is actually happening in your business. A lot of times it gets pulled and skewed a little bit because you're starting to take tax credits that have nothing to do with Business operations, and and so just just be smart about it. it All is all I'm saying. You know those are good documents to use. Just know that they're a little bit different than what you typically will use when you're doing this type of you know looking for patterns, trying to find you know different things. And 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 one of the things that I'm going to point out specifically is uh, you know here in the United States there was a ton of stimulus money that was given to uh, small businesses. And those small businesses are going to have that as part of their tax documentation. But that doesn't mean that you made that money in sales. And so if you start looking at it and you're just like, oh, hey, look at all this money that we have. No, that's not necessarily money that you have. And that's, that's what I'm talking about as a specific example is just be aware that there are some other things that are going to factor into some tax documentation that, you know, you didn't you didn't sell that money. The government gave you that money because, you know, they shut everything down for COVID. And so it, it, was, it was kind of a, a skewed number, as it were.
1: And th- let me give you a classic example of just recently. I, I still get asked a number of times a year to help people do a business valuation for a number of different reasons. Hmm. Recently, i uh, working with an individual the business evaluation, noticed something off in the pattern. I said, okay, why, why was this last year? Uh, the, your profit on it was higher than the previous years as a percentage. It didn't follow the pattern. Oh, stimulus funds. Oh, Mm -hmm. we need to make an adjustment Yeah, because it, it skewed the numbers for us. Uh, to do that, which now I've slightly affected the business valuation. Mm -hmm. So think about that in a, in a perspective, because there's a couple of reasons why we prepare healthy financials. And one is to get a loan because we need to grow, expand, buy a piece of equipment. Two is we're trying to attract investors. Three, we want to sell our business. Yeah. Those are the three most common reasons why people that I run into that all of a sudden say, Hey, I need to have clean financials Mm -hmm. when they haven't been. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to avoid that because when you try to do it last minute, they're never going to be accurate. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, whew. so I'm just going to make this quick comment and then we're going to get to ratios because I want to still have some time to, to, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up with, with a little bit of a discussion on ratios here. Uh, but um, you know, you make the comment of people trying to do it last minute and anytime someone comes to me and they, you know, they talk about a business for sale. I, I'm I'm just shocked that they're always looking at everything else. And I'm like, what do the financials say? And a large percentage of the time, they don't even have financials. And they'll go to the person selling and they'll just be like, oh, uh, yeah, I was told that I need to get your financial statements. And then the person selling will say something like, oh, uh, yeah, let me put something together. What do you need on those? <laughs> it's not a what do you need on... like. You know, and any time that I, and I, I wish that I could say that that only happened once. It's happened dozens of times where the person selling is asking like, well, okay, what do you want me to put together? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how financials work. Like they're already put together. The numbers are there. And then you evaluate it. Because if you're going that way, You you know, and to me, that's a red flag. That's, you know, run away from that opportunity. Warning for any listeners
1: out there. If you run into that scenario that Ryan just explained, just walk away. Walk
0: (laughs) away now because you're going to get burned. Yeah. It's just, you know, And but then people are telling me, they're like, oh no, but like, they've got a great customer base and they've got, and, and I'm like, then purchase the customer base. Don't purchase the business. Yeah.
1: Cause there's nothing about the financials that will tell you what the business actually did. You will get burned period. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. You wanted to talk a little bit about ratios and uh, I mean, ratios is a big topic, so we're probably just going to get in and uh, you know, give, give it a little bit of a, a, of a tie it into how does this factor into the language of business? But uh, what did you want to cover on, on ratios here?
1: Too often small business owners bypass the ratios. Mm-hmm. They don't use them, they don't look at them, they don't understand them. So in a nutshell, I really just want business owners to start looking and understanding which ones are valuable because there's a handful that are more important than others. Right. And you're learning to use those ones throughout the history of your business. Okay. Um Mostly because those ratios are just ways to gauge, one, the health of who we are, and generally in relationship to something else that's a standard out there. It gives us a gauge of how well we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I want to go into each individual ratio as much as they have their place and you need to be using them.
0: Now, we've covered in previous episodes, uh, I mean, we have covered some of the more common ratios. You have. And and so, you know, you definitely can get into that. I know that we've done some profitability ratios, some balance sheet ratios, some break-even analysis, Um, but I want, I want to piggyback on something that you said, and you were just kind of going off on the importance of ratios. If you're not using ratios, you're just, you're just falling behind, you know, like I, I, I look at it, so we just wrapped up the Olympics. And you can see there are some clear competitive advantages that several countries have over other countries. And you can just see it in the way that they show up ready to compete. And ratios are that competitive advantage. Like if you want to be highly competitive, I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care the size of your company. I don't care how long you've been in business. None of that matters. If you want to be highly competitive you have to be using ratios. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's, it's a have to, not a get to or choose to.
1: And, and I totally concur with that. If you need to grow and expand, you have to be tracking what you've been doing and then have a comparison to where you were in the past to the future. That's why I love going back to that middle section, patterns. If we're using the correct ratios... We're using our financial statements correctly to get those ratios the patterns will help uh distinguish what direction we need to go as mm-hmm. we want to expand
0: right 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 wow uh this has been a lot of fun maybe because we're nerdy when it comes to finance <laughs> but still it's been a lot of fun so we're gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna wrap it up but uh we hope that you guys enjoyed that as was mentioned uh, if this is something that you need to learn more about you can check out our Growth by the Numbers training. It is found at learndesk.us. Search Growth by the Numbers. Uh, it's uh, an amazing opportunity to actually learn all of this in depth. Uh, but there's so much more even beyond that training that you could and should be doing. And so hopefully uh, you got something out of it. I love how you tied in the uh, the finance, the economics, and the accounting uh, because that's, that's really how it should be. But uh, great content, great uh, discussion, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. See you later, everyone. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month, and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content, such as interviews and short discussions.